It has been two years since the trade galaxy was shaken to its core by the actions of a single, mismatched, multi-species crew. Whatever you think of the heroes of Yentao, also known as the Space Squad, one thing is certain. All eyes are watching for whatever they do next. Greetings listeners and welcome to the Junket Podcast. I'm Jess Thomas, your Dungeon Master and host for this extra special interlude episode before the start of our second arc off piste. The Space Squad are back in Yuanalu and they're about to make some very exciting new friends. Last time in the Maelstrom Galaxy, you found all there was to find in the silo that became a tomb and then ascended to a chaotic surface. Junie met you in the desert and flew the five of you, along with a couple more unexpected passengers, the long two weeks back to New Analu, and to the Jellyfish, where you found yourselves face to face with the last survivors of a long lost people. What do you do next? Like, are we still in the room? <laughs> oh god! Yeah, you're fully still in the room. still standing over them. As you are all looking around, slightly confused at the fact that these people are children, something which you definitely hadn't expected, Lorelei takes a step forward and goes, you guys all need to rest. Um, I'm pretty good with children. I have a lot of siblings. So if maybe me and Marty stay behind, we can spend an hour or so trying to get them comfortable or as comfortable as they can be and um you guys can go down faraday can go back to her shop and then we'll pick this back up in a day or so yeah that sounds good that sounds good Schlurp, yeah could you cast this spell on me so that i can begin to communicate with them please uh yeah sure um, and yeah, so then I cast Tongues on Lorelei. Thank you. Lorelei turns and begins to talk with the children and get them acquainted with her and Marty. Uh, and that's what you see as you leave the room, unless there's anything else you want to talk to the Lady Zenith about before you leave. I think Junie goes over to her mom and just kind of like waves awkwardly and it's just like, uh, thanks for putting up with the kids, by the way. Um, I'm going. Darling, um, it's fine. Have a good day. Okay. And then and TLZ sort of turns away, seemingly leaving Lorelei to it. Um, and I think this is a good point for Jeannie to maybe be introduced in a slightly different light. Paige. Hello! So, I'm not your captain today. I'm playing as the lovely Juniper Zenith Lewis, who is the wizard and woman who is Faraday's wife. Yes, and instead we are leaving darling Lorelei behind, and I, Jessica Thomas, am going to be leading a wonderful space squad on a little caper in Yuanalu. Now you're the babysitter. Does that mean Paige is now a baby? I've been demoted from God to baby. <laughs> what, a fall. what a fall that is. All of you are ushered out of the Lady Zenith's chambers 
head down the jellyfish and back to the KJ2. I'm presuming you all head straight down to the planet below. I mean, that sounds like a plan to me. You dock in what is, at this point, Faraday's usual space. You go down and disembark and begin to walk out of the space port and into the city. Could you please all roll me perception checks? Uh, it's always a good start when you literally walk into an area and you ask to roll a perception check. Okay, did anyone get a 15 or over? Yep. Yes. Yes. Natural 20. I got a 13. Corel, you're a little bit distracted. After all, you are a xenoanthropologist and you just got to make first contact with an ancient species that nobody knew about up until a couple of days ago. I'm a bit in my own head. But the rest of you... The first thing you notice is there's an archway that signifies the end of the port and the beginning of the city, and there has been a gigantic flashing sign put up just underneath the archway, and it flashes between two different images. One is the puffy pink image of the renowned superstar Luella, with a speech bubble saying... New Analu is my home and I want to help too. And then, after about five seconds, that flashes off and what flashes on is Loella's charity concert with a date and ticket costs underneath. It is very, very flashy. Can I now get anyone who got a 20 and above? No, I got a natural 20. I got a 21. Okay. So, Junior and Schlepp, you're much like Corel, is just sort of walking along in a daze, the two of you see this flashing sign and are like, whoa, that wasn't there before. Schlurp, part of your blood boils, part of your non-existent sight blood boils a little at this sign, I'm guessing. Yeah, just a little, just a little bit. Jeannie, you're just distracted by the pretty lights. It's very well designed. No, I'm, I'm overtaken by pride that she took my recommendation on placement because Lorella is one of Jeannie's best friends. I'm so <sighs> mad. I'm so mad. Drama! I hate this. Jeannie, you're happy that she went with your recommendation and incredibly impressed with the graphic design, actually. She took on the person I recommended. Excellent. I put out, I instantly put out my hand to, to like, my hand on Shlerp's shoulder. No, it's not. Shlerp, no, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> Wait, what? What are we talking about? As this happens, quick and Faraday, you look down from the sign underneath the arch, underneath the flashy sign is seemingly a small gaggle of teenagers led by Vemi. Faraday, Mm. you know Vemi the best and Crick, you got an out 20. So can you both roll me insight checks? 12. 22. Damn. Uh, Crick, you don't really know Vemi that well, so you can't really infer anything. And you're just like, hmm, that's a notable thing that I wasn't expecting. But then you go back to looking around being like, how can I calm Schlurp down? They are very angry right now. (laughs) And you can see that Schlurp being agitated is starting to make Bugsy a little bit agitated, and that would be bad. Faraday, on the other hand, Vemi has been working with you for a while. Mm Mm-hmm you see him see you and before he sees you 
He's standing very tall, with his chest puffed up a little. Aww. But then he turns and sees you, and it's almost as if the reality of the situation hits, and he deflates a little bit and starts to look kind of nervous. Okay, I am going to, like, pull on Junie's hand, because, like, I'd say Junie probably knows him even better, because, like, if you want to explain. Uh, Junie has known Vemi since he was a little pluffling of three years old because he was partly raised on her ship when she she used to take care of um, the plufflings before the Plumines settled on New Annaloo. Uh, she used to look after plufflings who needed a bit of home or needed a bit of protection. And Vemi was one of hers. Um, so he's kind of like a surrogate son a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to pull on Junie's hand and be like, do, do, we, do we acknowledge this or is it like a breeze past situation? Are you seriously asking me if I want to breeze past one of... Well, yeah, but like, do we want to... I realise I'm asking you, do you want to be the embarrassing parent? And now I'm realising the answer is yes. Very! (laughs) (laughs) As you uh, get closer and shout Vemi's name, you can see he sort of visibly jumps and all four of the people he was with uh, go from just sort of looking around the spaceport to absolutely laser eyes on your group. You see, now that you're a little closer, there is a Pluene who looks to be about Vemi's age, uh, a Pelton suitor, an AI, and then a Pluene who looks to be a, maybe about 14. And they all look very excited that you're here. How old is this a Pelton suitor? Um, Probably about... The Apelton equivalent of late teens. Ginny, like, pulls on Faraday's hand and is like, uh, Vemi's multiplied. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good to see him having friends. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to see him with a suitor, but I love it. Actually, considering, you know, pretty much any Apelta in New Adelaide is going to be from Corel's Delve, does Corel know who this suitor is? He is a vague acquaintance because his name is Tameal which is very similar to Tamal. So on occasion, the two have been confused, not by those in in the Delve, but by um, some of the Pluene you associate with because the sounds of their names are so similar. Causes some administrative issues occasionally. Yes. And then there is a younger Pluene who looks to be, as I said, about maybe 13 or 14, a uh, Pluene who looks to be around Vemi's age, and an AI who is more humanoid in shape, but uh, much shorter than Schlurp, probably about four foot ten. Still taller than the two, the three Pluene they are with. I mean, that's not hard. The younger Pluene and the AI begin to move forward, and the older Pluene and Vemi just sort of hold them back and. They're, seem to be like the bo- have the body language of someone who's going like calm down be cool be cool <laughs> and as you walk up Vemi puts his hands up and like a hand up to wave and go to say hello but before he has the chance to say anything this other older Pluene seemingly not out of like any sort of maliciousness but just out of nervousness walks forward and sticks her hand straight out towards probably Faraday and he's like, uh, hello, hello, my name's Navora. We we met Vemi a few days ago and he was 
so nice to tell us that he knew you and to uh, bring us here to introduce us. We are, um, we are Knack. And she, she gestures to everyone, including Femi. You're a Knack. N-A-C, uh, New Analu chapter. Right. Well, really, uh, Hull and Vemi, uh, puts a hand on her shoulder and is like, um, they came by the shop the other other day because they all were all looking for you guys because they have something interesting to talk to you about. Is it their report cards? Navora goes, um, no, uh, actually we are, we have been inspired by your work and we've been doing some investigation around the city. Obviously it's been a bit chaotic for the past month or so. So we've been trying to help where we can. Well, firstly, um, Navora, it's it's so lovely to meet you. And Vemi, it's it's great to see you. Are you okay? Uh, Navora just sort of puffs up a little bit. She's like, oh, they're happy to meet me. <laughs> and Vemi goes, uh, yeah, I'm I'm good. And looks up to you with like wide eyes. <laughs> it's just. I, I think you might be a little bit confused because you're saying about investigating, but I mean, we're, I'm a medineer, right? I run a medineer shop. I I don't really know what you're talking about. I mean, if if you have something that's broken, we can fix it. Has they're four? Like the youngest one is fourteen. They're they're little people at this point. Like, don't try to <laughs> kid. Is this a because of like Yantao and shit? Um. Yes, but also, um, Vemi has been telling us about, uh, other things that you've been doing. Other things? Like what? Crick nervously tugs his car like, <laughs> uh, Junie, I think you'll find that they're 14. <laughs> they can handle it. He was telling us just about all the good you've been trying to do, and it inspired us to try to do the same. She's obviously very competent, but very nervous. So this uh, AI steps forward and goes, we want it to be like you. Oh, God. <laughs> the AI goes up to Schlurp and sticks their hand out and is like, hi, I'm Happy Christmas. <laughs> oh, you have to give me a second here. <laughs> like first name Happy, last name Christmas. Or is it all one word? Oh, no, no. It's, 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 it's two words, but it's all my first name. Happy Christmas. <laughs> so if I'm talking to you, I should just call you Happy Christmas. Um, you, you, uh, I, I actually go by Chris, um, more short, but I prefer to introduce myself as Happy Christmas. You can call me Happy or Chris. Good, good to meet you, Chris. So I'm just like, I have to protect them now. Where did you get that from? Like, I know about Christmas, but like, it's not that common. Before I came to New Analu, I actually worked on a ship with some humans and they celebrated Christmas and they explained it to me and they said it was a time when people come together to appreciate what they have and the people they love and to give each other other things and it's a time to be happy even though it can be stressful sometimes that's like the real crux of it that's the meaning and I want people to be happy when they see me. Shlurp is dying inside. <laughs> wow. Well, that sounds a lot better than when my um, 
when my mom talks about it. Lovely to meet you. Uh, happy Christmas. Lovely to meet you too. Um, uh, uh, sorry, I, um, I've forgotten what your name is. I, I'm no one. I'm just Junie. No, just about you. Nobody's no one. You're someone. Hello. It's nice to meet you, Junie. Sorry, I got off track. Um, what Navora was trying to say is we haven't got in any trouble. We've actually been quite successful in the past months. Because everything was in chaos, some people didn't really have enough food and some people didn't really have enough housing and we've just been going around and helping out. But Venar, and uh, they point to the smaller Pluene, uh, joined us more recently. He had a problem that came to him through his sister and we can't work it out. So uh, then we met Vemi and we made friends with Vemi and Vemi told us that he knew you guys and um, we were very excited to meet you, but also we thought you might be able to help. I don't really remember half of what you said, but like, sure. Guys? Yeah, they're, ha they're having problems. We can, we can help with the problems. Corel, can you say no to these little faces? You you see you see Tamael is at the back looking at Corel like a little bit like... Ah, Tamael. Hello. Yes. Hello. It's nice to meet you uh, properly. There has been some administrative mix-ups and it was nice to meet you then, but um, a formal introduction is always nice. Yes, ab absolutely. Quite agree. But no need to be no need to be overly formal. We are technically siblings after all. Uh, yes, yes, this is true. But um, we, we have many siblings. Yes, yes, but you know, you know. Guys, let's do this. Yeah. Junior Space Squad plus Space Squad team up. Huh? Yes, yes. Um, uh, what Navora didn't say is we're not just NAC. We're technically SS NAC. Um, it was um Space Squad New Analu chapter is what what we uh wanted to call ourselves. But um, Vemi said that he liked it, but that we should ask. Guys, this is good. The branding spreading. We were doing oh branding. <laughs> Why do you think I keep talking about it? Branding. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yes, yes. Junior Space Squad. Junior Space Squad. Junior Space Squad. I I grab Faraday's hand and I'm like crushing it and I'm like, I really hate how the universe is like children. Faraday, help me. Yeah, no, it's it's just a coincidence, right, babe? It's, it's like, just a coincidence. It's like how you were saying that like human brains pick up coincidence. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's not a pattern. It's fine. Hey, kids, what can we do? <laughs> we, we're here to help. This time, for the first time, Venar, the really young one, goes forward and... There's a bubble tea cafe around the corner. Uh, should we explain it there? We're a little bit in the way. Yeah, let's, let's go sit down. Let's get out of the way. Lead the way. So they take you around the corner to, uh, to a bubble tea shop, which uh, you know was not here before you left. Oh, can I message Femi as we go? Vemi? Yes? Firstly, like, it, it's great that you have friends. Um, it's really nice. Um, I just don't take this the wrong way, but like, are you being scammed? At first I did think they might just want to be friends with me because I knew you. Then a few days ago, Navora, she's very... I'm surprised at how nervous she is. She's usually very forthright. She basically just sort of stood in front of me and was like, you are one of us now, Look, whilst looking straight in my eyes. And, um, friends, 
Ah. Uh. That's really good to hear. And you're getting out a bit more? They, um, they kind of, yes. They, they come and get me. I'm just gonna pat Vimmy on the back. And he sort of leans into it and sort of falls into step next to you and Jeannie as you walk up to this bubble tea place. And you guys would know that um, because, as you know, you guys have been to Earth before. You will have heard of bubble tea and bubble tea probably would have been maybe available on the sunfish as you were growing up, Faraday. But uh, it hasn't been to New Manalu before. And as you go in... um, Happy Christmas. All of you here, even though Happy Christmas is only talking to Schlurp because Happy Christmas is very loud. Yes, I mean, I, as I said, I, I used to work a lot around humans, but it's been really interesting. Over the past month or so, since the big fireball happened, we have had lots of more like human cultural things come in. The main one is this bubble tea shop and there's another bubble tea shop on just near the Delve. And then actually in the Delve, just round from uh, Dr. Zenith Lewis's shop, is a um, is an arcade with a lot of human-inspired video games. And it's very fun. Slurp has read about arcades. And they're just like <laughs> shiny lights. Now there's two shows. The games. I'm assuming you go up, you order your bubble tea. Do they have a pelter-friendly options? They do, but not many. There's like two or three of... 30 odd different options they have meat juice do they have like the oh God. lion rabbit equivalent of like a puppuccino or something <laughs> Bugsy fully cannot fit in the doorway oh no it's just lying outside like a terrifying gargoyle lying in wait <laughs> uh, there is room for you to sit in the window so there's literally just a pane of <laughs> highly reinforced quadruple glazed glass between you his face is just there. <laughs> Mother of parents, please. You have abandoned your child. Can I please give him something? Like, I don't know, water. I don't know. There's already, like, a bowl, but it's made for a house pet that's significantly smaller than Bugsy. So he just sort of has, like, it's, like, his tongue is as wide as this bowl is. Can we also like the washing up bowl or something? Just fill that with water. And they look at you and I'm, they're like aghast and they're like, no, we have high health and safety standards. That would not be sanitary. I will buy it from you. I don't care. I just want him to have some water. And uh, eventually like this also very obviously very young person in this bubble tea shop is looking at you like, I do not have the authority for this. So them, ma- you've basically just asked for the manager. I'll take care of it. Excuse me, young person. May I speak to your manager in an entirely non-hostile way? I just want to ask them about a bowl. Uh, at, at this point, uh, the manager has actually come through. And you see surprisingly that it's an Araswashi. What's this about wanting to buy our washing up bowl? Oh, well, my child here just wanted our, our lovely uh, pet who's waiting outside. With um, her face pressed up against the glass. <laughs> your... Oh, no. Um, I could just make a bowl, guys. Wait, what spell do you have to just make a bowl? I have a bowl of stone. Technically, I can... Ch- I've, got, uh, I've also got sculpt spells now that I'm a high-level wizard. I could just make a big wall on the ground that has a bowl in it. If they want a permanent large water feature. <laughs> if, if Jeannie's saying that out loud, that Araswati goes, no, um, uh, 
fine, you can have the washing up bowl. Do not bring it back. Uh, that will be <laughs> some amount of tack, please. I pay them like 20 tack. I don't care if that's too much. I feel very awkward about this exchange. So you get all your bubble teas and you sit down taking up honestly all, like a third of the shop at this point. It's not a big shop. And you sit down and Navora seems to be a little bit more put together. And so Navora is sat next to Vemi and Venar. Then Happy Christmas has very deliberately sat next to the shop. And Tamayal is sort of is sat next to Corel in sort of like a I feel like this is the most respectful way to be place to be sat right now. And Navora seems to have com- calmed down a bit, even though Happy Christmas is literally like bouncing in their chair. But Navora goes, uh, so yes, we um we managed to help out where we can, but Venar came to us because uh about something that's happening in the vault. Basically, some strange things have been happening, and they've had other more official people in, and we've tried to do our own investigation. But the thing is, they, the strange things seem to only be happening at night. At this point, Venar pipes up and is like, "Yes, we tried to get in, but they wouldn't let us because it cl- the the um the the vault vault closes to the public at about half nine, ten o'clock ish, and most of these things seem to be happening between half eleven and three a.m. in the morning." It's very observant. Uh, nice job and very specific. My sister Valara works there. Oh, that's a good job. She's very smart. So when you say strange things. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? It's like things going missing. Is anyone getting hurt by this? Weird lights, noises. Vemi leans forward and like, so the unique thing about the vault is a lot of it is still tech and up-to-date technology, but they also have some more traditional forms of information record. Hear that, Corel? There's a load of books there for you. Look, I don't just read books. I absorb information in a variety of ways. Including books, because you're a nerd. Tamayal looks conflicted about how to feel about you ribbing the person they look up most to in life. Oh! Okay, hang on, hang on. Do I notice this? Insight check. Eight. I don't notice this. You don't notice this. I I got a 18. You notice this. Shut up. I back off a bit. Then Navora takes back over and is like, yes, so things and files and books and even entire bookcases have been moving. Now, when you say moving, do you mean rattling slightly or moving from one side of the vault to another? The second one. Um, apparently even someone sort of in the corner of their eye caught a book seemingly floating through the air, but they haven't been able to find what's really happening. Ghosts? Ghosts? Ghosts. It could just be invisible people! So, why are you talking to us? Do you want us to go investigate with you? Venar comes forward and... uh, Not with us. They won't... As I said, they won't let us in. But, um... You guys are famous and people like you. They might let you go in at night. People like us? And Happy Christmas goes, We do! We like you! Slurp is weeping. They can't weep, but they're weeping. <laughs> so we need to go to the Lasoratry. That's where the knowledge vault is, right? The Lasoratry? Yes. 
the big the one. That's right. Well, Corel, do you already have like a membership card? Yes. Yes, I do. Does that allow nighttime entry? Not strictly speaking. <laughs> uh, Venar holds up their communicator and is like, my 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 sister said uh, she she didn't believe me when I said that I was going to meet you, but she said if I could. And I believe her words were, if you can really manage it, I will try and get them a meeting with the Grand Vault Keeper. Does this mean you want a big selfie with us? Because I can do that. Um, it would be it would be nice, but don't feel like you have to. Joni's already taking the phone and she like gets out the booth and is like, right, everyone squish together. Um, there's just one problem with this picture, babe. I'm not in the group, it's fine. Uh, yes, you are. Happy Christmas presses some buttons on their arm and extends out into a giant selfie stick and is like, but, but Junie, you, you're here. You should be in the photo too. Look, I can take it. I just sort of cocked my head towards it. Can you do that? <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> I'm going to ask Faraday if I can do that. So, yes, you uh, they go on to explain a little bit more of the logistics. And it's basically that once you finish your bubble tea, they will take you up to the entrance to the vault. And Valara, she's not like in charge of anything, but she's like lower end of middle management, really. But she should be able to pull some strings to get you in with uh, Leola, who is the Grand Vault Keeper. Hear that, Corel? You get to meet with like the top nerd in all of nerddom. <laughs> you must be so excited. Corel, look, you clearly have no idea of the hierarchy as far as nerddom. Admittedly, the is quite high in terms of nerddom, but I'm sure you there's several people h- higher up. Tamael is like, I am not a hundred percent sure, but is nerd an insult? It 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 seems to depend on context. <laughs> So your friends are not being rude to you. Oh, they no, no, they are. But I don't mind. It's like, it's a human thing. Corel is a nerd, but that is a fantastic thing because their nerd abilities have saved my butt several times over, and we would not have been able to get through a thousand critical situations without it. Yeah, their level, their level of nerdery is legendary in the best possible way. Tamayal just seems to squint all of their eyes, his eyes, a little bit, and go. Look, humans are confusing at the best of times, but they are worth worth watching. They do some very interesting things. So yeah, you head on over. Uh, it's a little bit of a walk, but it doesn't take you too long. And you get to the entrance, and uh, Venar goes up to the reception desk and pulls out his card and obviously like has a bit of a rapport with these people because they work with his sister and uh Navora leans over to you and is just like Venar spends quite a lot of time with his sister and quite a lot of time here so I think he he knows most of them but uh yeah we still couldn't get in after hours they said we were too young and then uh Happy Christmas is like they said I'm too young but I'm five that is old you're basically an adult no (laughs) No, they aren't. Yes, no, they are. No, slurp, yes. slurp. No, no, no. I remember when I was five. Slurp. When I was five, I was saving Yentao. After, like, this has all been happening, Venar comes up with a female Pluene who looks very similar to him, uh, but slightly taller and obviously probably in her maybe late 20s. 
and comes up to you and says, "It's uh, this is my sister. This is uh, Valara. And Valara, I told you, I told you I was going to meet them. And she looks down at him and is like, I suppose you weren't having me on. Naruno owes me a favour. Um, he will, he'll be able to get us in. So she brings up her communicator and starts to communicate, presumably with Naruno, whoever that may be. After another few minutes of just sort of the basically your fan club chatting with each other and you and being very excited and very just kind of opening up and being a lot more social than you've ever seen before which is quite nice i'm gonna put my arm around genie and be like hmm okay guys like it's lovely that you like know us but like this is my wife and I don't think you quite appreciate who she is. Uh, um, so we're going to we're going to fix that and then Femi's going to tell some fun stories. What are you doing? So like this is Junie Zenith Lewis. Faraday. Uh, she was one of the key carers in the roving, which oh is how she God. met Femi. So Junie's got loads of embarrassing stories about Femi. They once saved Corel from being locked in a bathroom. This is Thanks, this Femi. is true. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> She, she once took on a whole pirate ship. The first time we met Junie, she saved us from evil pirates who were trying to steal our money and, and, and do terrible things. Mitchell, the youngest one is 14, not four. She took on so many pirates. I blew up a guy's head. You want to hear how? Oh, yeah, she also did that. Valara just sort of looks up and goes, okay, I'm not touching that. And Novora goes, yes, how? Well, well, well. <laughs> also, more importantly is that she raised 15 plufflings during the malt season, which I'm sure, Vemi, you can attest to, is highly unpleasant. Vemi, you never came and got the pictures I took during that. Did you not want them? Vemi is doing the Pluian equivalent of blushing. All of his feathers are standing on end. He's puffed up and is kind of like... <clears throat> and looks at you and is like, I will get them at some point. Maybe. What we're saying is, Junie is super rad. Novora comes up and is like, well, yes, it would seem so. Happy Christmas seems very enamoured with her. And Happy Christmas goes, yes, you seem to be very nice. We're, we we didn't save Yantao either, but that doesn't mean that we're not special and we haven't done good things. So you shouldn't feel like you are less than other people. I really appreciate it. That's really not why. But she did save Yantao, so you are also a hero of Yantao. I flew a spaceship around. It was it was fun. You're a pilot. And you you see Happy Happy Christmas just seems really enthusiastic about basically everything. She could do some really sick maneuvers. Uh yeah, I guess. Um I fly a tang now, but I used to have a hammerhead. <gasps> And at this point, it's um, Venar who's turned away from his sister and is like, Hammerheads are so cool. Yeah, I, I had the um, the GTR model, the one with the, the head that came off as a shuttlecraft. You look up and Valara is smiling at you and then just sort of snaps out of it and is just like, I've gotten you a meeting. It's in 10 minutes. You have to go now. She doesn't tolerate lateness. And goes up to Venar and is just like, uh, you and your friends can stay down here. Um, she isn't, as you know, she isn't your biggest fan after uh, last time. And she points at a table with like a variety of chairs around it, including a chair appropriate for a pelter. And they all go begrudgingly go and sit down as you are led to the office of the Grand Vault Keeper. 
you head up this corridor and Valara looks back to you and um uh so the grand vault keeper her name is Leola you will address her as madam vault keeper she is really into hierarchies and tradition there is no guarantee that she will let you do what you want to do but she is also getting somewhat desperate to have this fixed because it is bad for publicity as the rest of the city is seemingly getting somewhat back on track after the disaster a month ago everything here is still a little chaotic and she is not happy about it You walk down the hall and you get up to a little desk where you see a male pluine who is really stunning shade of green. And Valara looks at him and goes, Narunu, thank you for pulling the strings. And Narunu just sort of nods and um, looks at a clock and is like, yes, she's ready for you now. And Valara, she she said something about uh in storage room c that she needed you to get something and valara goes that's on the opposite side of the vault why is she always so okay and then valara turns around and leaves and narunu gets up and you see as they walk out from behind the desk their left leg is cybernetic much like crick's arm they walk up to the door and raps on it and is like madam Volkeeper, the what's your formal name what's your the name of your group space squad oh god uh, really is that what we, we we did we i don't remember having a meeting about that i think it's too late at this point corral we've literally got a fan club named after the space squad i think I it's know. done I the other space squad it's branding i just feel like this is was kind of out of my control space squad. the 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 space squad are here to see you ma'am Let them in! And uh, the door opens and you walk into this office with a very grand looking desk with a bunch of screens and but also seemingly managed to sort of weave technology and like the local environment into each other so it looks very natural and it's a really stunning space. Next to the desk is a older looking Pluene woman and is looking at you and gestures to sort of seemingly moves to gestures some seats, sees how many of you there are and puts her hand down and goes, so you are the the space squad. Yes? That is correct, Madam Vault Keeper. Thank you for seeing us. I've seen you. I occasionally walk around the library and I've seen you, but I've never seen the others of you. Apparently you're here about the, um, the movings. Spooky books moving around. Yes. yes, we're we're here to tackle your ghost problem. Oh, ghosts! <laughs> Preposterous. Whatever the exact nature of the problem, we w- are interested in helping to solve it. And of course, I don't think we'd be charging you or anything like that. <laughs> no, um, Madam Vault Keeper, we might be a kind of scrappy-looking bunch, but we're pretty competent when it comes to situations that are a bit difficult. Weirdly, so honestly. Yeah, you wouldn't expect it, but we are. She looks across at you, looks all of you up and down, and is like, You are correct. You look scrappy. However, this is an ongoing problem, and we seem to have exhausted our other resources. Return at 10.30pm tonight. You will be let in by our nighttime security. And seemingly she is done. And as you turn around, she goes, Oh, and one more thing. 
on the two occasions that the books have been seen moving and the computers uh, messed with, there were two occasions of each, three of which people saw nothing. One, someone thinks they saw a tail, but that is all the information we have. Good day. Juni kind of like makes to leave and then hesitates and sidles towards her desk and then just goes, Madam Vault Keeper. Oh, yes. I just wanted to say it was really nice to meet you and I'm sure you must know a lot of things. I mean, yes, that is the nature of my job. Well, I happen to be in the business of knowing things and information. So perhaps if tonight goes well, we could have an agreement of some sorts in the future. What sort of agreement? What do you mean? You can get a card to have access to the vaults like any other citizen? Can you not? That's true, but sometimes an expert's insight is worth more than the text itself. Oh, um, I'm a very busy woman, but I will see what I can do. Ah, also... And she goes and is like, this is obviously she wasn't expecting this. She's a very organized woman. So having you guys come in unexpected had sort of thrown her off a little bit. She pulls out a map and circles three areas. These are restricted areas. About 50% of movements found have been found in these areas. Thank you for your time. Thank you for telling us. Oh, and... um. The lady's in it says hello. She, her eyes sort of widens and is like, yes, greetings are returned. Uh, good day. All right, so, um, what time does she say again? 10.30. Uh, as you leave, you see Narunu behind the desk and is like, oh, when she, sometimes she tends to just say things and then not tell me about them. What did she say? We're coming back here at 10.30 tonight. We're going to hunt some ghosts. Crick, please, they're not ghosts. My money's on vampires. They could just be invisible. There's magic that can let you be invisible. I what don't do you- know, of Like, I've never heard of anything like that. Yeah, it seems fake to me. Yeah, if you can turn invisible, why don't you do it right now? How is it that I am on Schlurp's side in this in this discussion? That's So, Krell, you, you think it's invisible people? I, I'm not convinced it's vampires, Faraday would... The greatest respect. <laughs> I say this under my breath. The Queen Nerd said that they saw a tail. So maybe not vampires. Werewolves, just said. <laughs> Nurunu looks up and is like, most of the activity happens much later in the evening, so it might be better to come at 11 o'clock or 11.30 rather than um, the 10.30 she's saying. She won't know either way. She leaves it. 5.30 on the dot every single day. Could I make an insight check? Yeah, I was going to say, I make an insight yeah. check, yeah. Okay, Duncan, what did you get? 18. What did you get, Crick? 14. Junie? 10. Faraday? 15. You get the idea that this is a fed, somewhat fed-up office worker, but also you remember what Vinar and Navora and the others told you earlier, and that the majority of things have been happening between half 11 and 3 in the morning. I mean, if we take more time, we've got more time to, like, prep spells and shit. Yeah. Just chill. I, I don't know. I think I think we should uh, I think we should come here at 10.30. What's the time now? Uh, it is about 10.30 in the morning, so you do have time for 
a long rest, be it you have a siesta or you simply just go somewhere relaxing and sit there for eight hours. Time for you to get a watch, Slurp. Oh! I want to chill on a lounger in the pool. I mean, that sounds great. I, I, I need to check my shop and just check that everything is doing okay. Well, you can check the shop and then go in the pool. I'm going to go check my mom. <laughs> yeah, I'll check. I think I'll check in with, with Tamar quickly. Then, then, I'll, then I'll come draw you beside the pool. Oh, Corel, if you're going to go see Tamal, can you pick up some brownies, please? Oh, sure, sure. I'm assuming this is happening as you're walking back through the library. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you get down to the front where SS Knack are waiting for you. They are all seemingly all looking through books or on computers with communicators. And you walk up and they look up at you and they're like... So, so were you being allowed to um, uh, allowed to come back at night? Apparently so. Oh, that was easy. I guess your reputation precedes you. Yeah, we're pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, she called us scrappy, but... I think the meeting went well. We're going to be back. We're going to investigate some ghosts. Schlepp's eyes. Navora sort <laughs> of a good time. throws her brow a bit and is just like, Mr. Crick? Yes? I highly doubt that it's ghosts. It seems scientifically improbable. There's a lot of shit out there that doesn't scientifically make sense. Yeah. I have these weird dreams. <laughs> Don't really have an explanation for them. Uh, some other stuff that's been really weird. Uh, I, you know, I can cast spells. Everyone knows magic's real, Captain. Obviously, but, but there's, no, there's not yet been any confirmed sightings of ghosts. <laughs> We've literally seen people raised from the freaking dead. That's not the same thing and you know it. <laughs> you are currently stood in the entrance to the the information vault, just screaming oh, at each other. Um, <laughs> oh, it can totally be ghosts. I mean, like, Yes, haunted. thank you. Thank oh, you, Faraday. Yes. Thank you. Mm. Guys, we're going to end up on the front page of the Raven Report if we don't leave. Yeah, I'm used to press attention. I want to go to the poll. Yeah, yeah let's, okay. let's go. That's a fair point. I still wouldn't say the ghosts are likely, though. Have you ever wanted a podcast that tackles the hard questions? Like, why do wizards wear those pointy hats? Is it morally okay to burn your name into a table? Is there a difference between dead and never waking up? Well, if you've ever wanted to know the answers to any of these questions, then I have a podcast for you. We are Goblets and Gaze, a bi-weekly Pathfinder 2E podcast. Join our cast of an angsty barbarian, a pyromaniac goblin, a girl whose family loved astrology a little too much, a cultist, and a hot topic reject as they journey to a lost city and try to keep a twink alive. Follow us all on your social media at Goblets and Gaze, join our Discord as well, and we hope to see you out there. Goodbye. Oh, I'm gonna message Corral. Okay. Given that it was like this kid's, these kids' case, should we try and smuggle them in? It, it doesn't seem right to like take it out from them just because we're older. I hear what you're saying, but whatever's going on, it could be dangerous. We don't know if we want to put them in harm's way. I agree with you, but with reservations. Okay, maybe we can like keep them on the ship, because. Let's face it, either they're being invited or they're sneaking in. This is a fair point.
all of you leave, how many people would go to either into or walk by the area around Faraday's shop in that time? I would because I'm checking in on Tamal and the bakery's in that area. I would because I think Faraday wants to go in, so I'd go with her. I would because I'm going to the tea place that's next door. I'm probably not. It's because a smoothie shop that's Smoothie next door. shop. Uh, my apologies, I'm but that prob- sounds good. I'm probably not because I was going to head back to the Aya Cab to see Prisha. I'd probably like sh- show Happy Christmas around. I mean, Happy Christmas lives in the AI camp. Well, then I'm introducing them to Prisha. Okay. They are very, very happy about that. But all of the people who are going into the delve, who has a passive perception of 15 or above? Me. Not Not me. me. Okay. So Faraday, as you're walking past, you notice that not the smoothie shop and obviously not your shop or the bakery, but some of the shops have changed. The main one being the arcade that was spoken about earlier and you hear music coming from within and you realize the main attraction right by these big open doorway is what you may recognize as like a heavily modified version of a dance mat machine no fun oh my god amazing even with like a cursory glance, you can see a cardboard cutout of an Araswati in full pink puffy candy gear, like with a peace sign. And you can also hear, uh, see the name of it is um, Belladonna's Dance Challenge. You can hear this very sort of sweet and saccharine voice going, step to the left, step to the right, turn around and hold on tight. <laughs> and also now give me an actual active perception check. I got a nat one. Oh, oh no. Oh uh, you like, you see there's a lot of people around it. It's quite loud, but you don't really make any connections to it. It doesn't really mean anything to you at the moment. And where do you, where are you going to meet back up? Are you going to meet back up at the bottom of the tree? And also, where are you leaving Bugsy? I might just leave him back at the back at the AI camp. Even with Prisha, <laughs> they know each other by now. He'll be cool. And Faraday, what were you going to do about the children? Uh, do we lock them in the cage? Eh? <laughs> oh my god! Whatever Faraday has planned, Corel will help with. I feel we should be upfront with them. Fine. Look, either way, I'm pretty sure they're going to try and sneak off with us. So, yeah, they're kind of like tiny versions of us. They're definitely going to try and call some shit. My concern is that they're probably the more likely ones to get seriously inconvenienced. Can we just sit down with these kids and tell them (laughs) it's too dangerous? We are professionals. We know how to handle this. You've done your job. I feel like professional should be an air quote. You get you, no, 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 it's no, a no. thing you do and get paid for, so technically you are professionals. It's true. Exactly. Yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we should probably talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> that would be probably be best. So we gather the children. One, near one the KJ. thing uh Krell's going to do at some point in this is and I think for the first time, actually since we started recording, is that they are going to summon Maxwell, their familiar. Hmm. <gasps> Maxwell! Those not in the know, Maxwell is a little sort of burrowing owl type creature. Okay, then I want Lenore. <laughs> and Lenore is a raven, of course. 
Um, but yeah, if we sit down with them... Um... Venara's not there because Venara's 14 and is not allowed out of the house past 9pm. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, but before we move on, can I just pull out um, my familiar, the animal I've been carrying around with me for the past two years? Which is? My rubber chicken. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh my Wait, god. Wait, you had that since like level one. Yeah. Oh. I forgot about yeah. oh, It's still in my inventory oh right my here. Oh my god. I've got it next to rainbow it... scarf, antiseptic backpack, one rubber chicken. You've been carrying that. that for three years. Five yes. years. I will Five. always be ha- ha- carrying it because it's my lucky charm. Oh my god! So if Crick gets hit really hard, he makes the, his butt makes the screaming sound. <laughs> yes. Oh, I hate that. So there we are. I thought I would offer that before we moved on. Right, we're sitting down with these children. Sit down on. I'm presuming on the KJ with these. Well, technically young people because they are all legally adults but they are children Navora looks at you and is like I'm assuming this is where you tell us not to come with you you are correct sir uh, you'd be right there kid whilst I am loath to agree I also do not have a death wish so okay okay Okay. I thought it would be harder than that can I, can I do an insight check I'll do an insight check as well uh, 17. 19. 17, 19, and L? 6. She very much seems to be telling the truth. She seems like a passionate but practical young woman who has... I, lo- I love this young person. A self-awareness that a lot of people at the age of 19 do not have. And Vemi and Happy Christmas look at her a bit like, but, but, and Vora looks at them and is like, I know that we've been working very, very hard, but also, if we want to continue doing what we do, we are going to gradually get in more dangerous situations. But they've gotten other professionals to look into this and they can't find anything. I believe in this situation, it would be best for us to sit back and learn. Junie and Faraday roll insight checks on Bemi. I got a six. I got a nat 20. Um, okay, Faraday, with your nat 20, you can also tell about Happy Christmas. Um, they both seem a bit miffed. They were quite excited to come with you. Vemi, because he wants to see his mums in action, basically. But you think that you could probably placate them by letting them hang out in the KJ. And maybe letting Vemi watch you spar a couple of times. Like, there's definitely negotiation space in here. Hmm. I feel like Faraday would know this as well, but um, Junie has the spell Skyright, so potentially we could give them like a job of like if we send it a distress call by Skywriting, then they have like the job of helping us or get of calling for help. And that gives them like a responsibility too. Hmm. Vemi, it's not that we don't think you're capable. We just want you to be safe. And quite frankly, we've all been through a lot of shit lately. So honestly, I'm sure you'd kick ass, but. If I'm out there, I'm just going to be worrying about all of you. And I hope you can understand that. Mm, okay. But, um, <laughs> like I said, we've all been in some dangerous shit and we are going to need some backup. Yeah, uh, Vem? Uh, yes? You know I've got my cloud thing, right? So if we get in a real bad pickle, I'm going to put up a big message that says fuck or something on the sky. You'll know it's me. You need to call my mom. Okay. If it's if it's like if the message seems really bad, call my mom. She's the nuclear option. If it seems okay, call my dad. 
Okay. Uh, can I stay here then? Can we stay here? Yeah, sure. KJ, is that okay? Oh, yes, yes, that would be, that would be nice. Um, and you see Navora, Tamayal, and Happy Christmas all jump and they're like, what was that? Oh, that's, oh, that's my sister. Oh, yes, hello, Shalab. Hello, everyone. I am the AI that lives in this ship. My name is KJ. And I, um, it would be very nice to sit and talk to some new people. Our ship is alive. Have fun. But aside from that, you we've got the pool. You can go in the pool. There's the training room. Maybe stay out of our bedrooms. We've got a nice garden. Just um, don't eat any of the plants with blue leaves. They're for grown-ups. Oh, uh, and Vemi goes, Oh, the, the, the tip leaf that Lorelei grows. No. <laughs> I have no idea what this is referring to. Definitely what, not. What they, What are you talking about? They're, they're, they're young adults. They can know about drugs. And happy Christmas. Oh, goes oh yes, I've heard about Tip Leaf. Hmm. And Lorelei is the Araswati manual number. That's understandable that she would want something culturally comforting on the ship. Hmm. That's exactly That's exactly it. Yep, yep. Bang on. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. Yep. And it's only for her. Corel just is smirking through all this you head up to the vault the security guards let you in uh what time were you arriving 10 30 still yeah yeah okay so at this point the vault closed at 9 30 so it's only been closed for an hour but it is a very very different atmosphere to when it was open Whilst it was still quiet, there was a little bit of, like, bustle because actually quite a few people come to the vault. You head in and you're in the entrance hall by the reception desk where you were before. Where would you like to go? Should we split up at all or stay together? We didn't ask where the last attack was. Some places were marked on the map, weren't they? Well, maybe, like, the site of the last incident? After talking to the others, and I think you probably would have bumped into Valara on your way out, you would have found that there's only been four sightings, two of which have been in the main area. One is in a restricted area right at the back of the vault, um, and then there's one restricted area to the left and one to the right, and the back of the vault has had one sighting and the one on the left has as well, but the one on the right hasn't had any. The ones in the restricted areas were within the last 10 days. Probably best to look at the restricted areas because like, they're probably looking for something from the main area. We're like, oh, there's nothing here. Um, now, they're go- now they're going to the restricted areas. If there's three restricted areas, we can split into, into two groups and I can use clairvoyance to keep an eye on the third one. Yes, that sounds good, actually. I like that. If we set up your clairvoyance in like the main area and then we split over to the restricted areas that that sounds good to me i don't know what everyone else thinks okay uh who's gonna go with who i bag the schlup fine i will go with 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 faraday and judy zenith Aww. lewis squad so am i saying setting the sensor upon the third restricted location or in the main, in the main area? area i think even if you set it up high up you can still only see 30 feet or well we have three familiars to work with if Teddy stokes it out from the ground and then Maxwell can see it from above. That's smart. And then Lenora can take the third restricted area. 
once something's sighted, I can cast a tech magic and get like a rough idea on what's happening, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think we have a plan. Faz, I've already forgotten. Like, which way are we going? Um, Crick, which way do you want? Do you want the left one, the right one, or the back one? Left. We'll go to the back. Where's the clairvoyance going to go? And where is the... Bear in mind, clairvoyance has a 10-minute casting time. Yeah, I'm just going to put Lenore there instead. All right, well, so we're leaving our familiars in the main area, then. Two familiars in the main area. Crick and Schlurp are going to the left. And which two? Maxwell yeah. and Teddy. The Zenith-Lewis trio are going to take the back, back one. which means Lenore can take the right. So then all four are covered. Firstly, I'm going to need a perception check per group. You can either each roll, or one person can roll with advantage. You roll with advantage, Shona. I have a plus nine for perception. I'll give you a t- the help. Awesome. Well, we'll let Shona and Elle go first. On advantage, I got 15 plus three, 18. Okay, so you're heading to the left. Uh, you walk through the main area past an eclectic mixture of screens and computers and shelves, stacks of books and scrolls and other physical knowledge deposits. But you don't really see or hear anything. And even when you get to the door that says Ancient Histories, and has a restricted sign on it. You see a little explainer that says some of the relics, books, and archives held here are very delicate, so can only be handled by those either trained to do so or by those given special permissions. You don't really see anything going on. So is there like a door to the to this restricted area? Yes, you are standing you are standing in front of it. You realize that no one gave you a key. I could teleport inside, maybe. That's all I could think of. Can I pick the lock? You could give it a go. Can I get the help action? Do you have thieves' tools? No, we don't. So it would be disadvantaged by default if that was the case. Yeah. If there's a keyhole, Crick has Misty Step. I do, I do. But I want to try this first to avoid wasting a spell slot. Hmm. Uh, nine. You managed to, like, grab a couple of little bits of uh, metal that you have that maybe you'd usually use to like tighten a screw on your arm or something like that and you put them in the lock and you give it a quick go it's something that would need an expert hand probably Corel could do it or you could use magic to get open it or get to the other side if you wanted to Shlup, why don't you give it a go before I use up my magical hands uh, yeah sure okay uh, so that's a 15 You hear something click, uh, but then you try it and you realise you've probably, like, got something right, but you're still not quite there. We might need to ask ask Corel about this. Or you can teleport inside. Okay, I'm going to misty step inside. Wait, well, I I can use my dimension door to get us both inside. Yeah, okay. Um, Okay, cool. I'll take Crick and we uh, we will teleport inside. So I guess I just... The magical doorway opens, and through we step into that room. Okay, you head into this room, and if you could both give me perception checks. Now 20. Three. (laughs) You head in, and you look around, and you see some truly amazing things. Like, there's a few documents that are preserved behind glass. Most of it is Pluene or Apelton in origin. So some of it you can read, some of it you can't. But it seems it seems like a really interesting room, but you can't seem to see anything out of place. 
I'm going to take some pictures with my with my camera head thing in case Corel wants to look at those later. Okay. Um, I'm going to send like a text message to the group just saying nothing seems to be weird here. Let us know if anything is weird anywhere else. And then some emojis. Uh, okay, so moving over to the Zenith Lewis group, you guys head to the back. So it was going to be Faraday with advantage or all Faraday with advantage, I think, was the plan. Okay. 26. Good God. You hear some rustling and you whip your head around and it's just Lenore. You head up to the back and you are met with a door, which you don't know, but is basically the same door as Crick and Schlurp came across. Uh, Corral, if you would do the honours. By all means. 24. Yes. You manage to open the lock and you head in and this is... Well, that was easy. <laughs> it just says anthropological findings on it. And you've actually been in this room before. Um, It's a mixture of old documentation, but also some like old artefacts as well. Okay. You go in and there are physical records, physical artifacts, and also computers. You can jump in, do a perception check, an investigation check, or if you want to go on the computers, Faraday, maybe you'd be able to do a engineering check. Yep, I will take the computers. I'll take. I'll do an investigation check, look in the um, the records or the physical items, whatever makes sense. I'm curious about maybe looking for signs of magic or something like that. I don't have detect magic, but I've got a really good arcana check score. Uh, yeah, give me an arcana check. I got a 12. I have a plus 9 and I got a 12. That's how it be sometimes. Uh, I got a 15 on medneering for the computers. Distracted by my wife being competent. <laughs> me all the time. Bobbing gay. So you head up the computers and you look through and... And everything seems to be in order. Like, you haven't really spent much... You ha Would you have been here before, Faraday? Yeah, maybe a little bit, maybe, but probably not this section. Yeah, I doubt you would have been or been given permission to come into the restricted section before. So you look through and everything seems to be in order. Corel, mm. uh, what did you get on your investigation? I got an 18. You would notice if anything has been moved, it's just been moved into a different order. Like, nothing in here is non-anthropological, but some of the things aren't in the Galaxy Standard Library organisational system. Are they in another organisational system I might be familiar with? Not one that you know of. Okay. But there seems to be some sort of method to it. Okay, it's not willy-nilly. It's not willy-nilly. Oh my god, it's the ghost of a librarian. <laughs> <sighs> um, but that's all you all you find. Uh, there doesn't seem to be anything active going on in this room. Okay. Shall we check in with the familiars? So you, when you roll perception for your familiar, you roll with their stats. Indeed, and I've got owl stats ready to go. Owls get advantage when they're looking for something with their sight. So Maxwell has advantage. Uh, Teddy can roll, and so can Lenore. Teddy has advantage when looking uh, on for hearing or smell. Uh, yeah, so you have advantage as well. And what did Maxwell get? Maxwell only got an 8 with advantage. And Teddy? I got 15, but that's obviously hearing and smell based. And Lenore? 6. Oh no. Uh, yeah, you don't seem to really notice anything uh, anywhere. Schlurp and Crick, we're going to go back to you. You're currently locked in 
you're currently inside the leftmost restricted area. You do have a way of getting out. Where are you going to go? I guess we'll open the door. Uh, yeah, so you quite easily managed to get out. Obviously, this door is meant for keeping people out, not keeping anything in. Maybe you should prop it open with a book. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good I hear call. something in my mind saying we should prop it open with a book. <laughs> uh, I look for the thickest book on the shelf. Roll straight intelligence, both of you. Interesting. <laughs> oh, no. Don't use something valuable. <laughs> Six. Oh, no. uh, Fourteen. Uh, you realise that everything in this room is very old and very valuable. <laughs> can I can I look outside the room for a big a big a big sturdy uh, you book? You find um, an encyclopedia that catalogues every single feather hue recorded for any pluine ever. It's a very big book. Wow. Um, and it lo- there looks to be like four copies of it, so it would be fine to put it in the door. Like this is a hefty tome. Okay, awesome. Yeah. We I'll- found Corel's next birthday present. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, we prop the door open with that big old tome. Then you guys head out, and the Zenith Lewis group. Are you going to head out of your area, or are you going to stick around for a little bit longer? We arrived quite early, isn't? Didn't we? And the activity normally starts later. Mm. Is the thing. You can just chill in the main area for a while. What if we like prop all the doors open so we can see into the rooms? But then they might know that we're here. I mean, I think there's five of us. I think they know anyway. <laughs> if they're here already, but not active, I'm sure they've noticed. Well, we might as well go and meet up with Schlep and Crick. In, um, in that case, so we're all together. Yeah, so I take it you all head out and each restricted section is also sort of its own like hanging area and there's a small corridor between the door until you get into the room. You head through um, back to the entrance area and report back to each other what you did or did not find. I think I also give Corel those cool pictures I took. Corel, we found this great book which I think you would really love. It's like every hue of feathers. Uh, it's just, it's great stuff. I think it's riveting. You'd love it. Oh, yes, I've perused that. You know, light reading. You know, I just, I just, I picked that up when I was on a break. Junie elbows Corel and is like, working when resting, really? Look, some reading you do for work, some you just do to, you know, relax. Oh, no wonder you and Faz get on so well. Up in the entryway, your um, familiars just sort of fly or skitter around you is there anywhere else you would like to go you have the one restricted area that you haven't checked out yet do we all check that together let's all go there family adventure woo woo so you head across to the right hand restricted area it's a more modern history and Corel, you would know that it is restricted because it houses some of the more morbid information about wars over the past millennia or so again the door is locked i'll go at it again i am going to need a lock picking check please um that'll be uh 23 you unlock the door and you also notice that the little separate switch you needed to turn the electrical system on the electrical system is already on i mentioned this there might be someone in there so 
what I suggest, and I am actively whispering, I suggest you go around the corner, keep quiet, I'll try and get in stealthily and try and assess the situation. Do you want me to, like, cast a tech magic or something in case they're invisible or something? Just do that quickly now. We might pick something up through the door. You cast detect magic and there is a vague amount of magic in a lot of the books around here, but through the door is a lot more intense. But at this point, you don't know whether it's not because there's stuff going on or because of what's stored there. Okay, I'll communicate that. I think the spell does last for a while, so... Ten minutes. Yeah. If you leave the door open behind you, we could, like, hold something. We could hold some spells ready in case something happens. If there is someone there, we might they might see us if we're all here. No, I know. I just meant, like, if we go further back, but, like, because I see a lot of spells have got range, so we could just... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to hold sleep ready just in case I... Yeah, if someone calls at you, I can try and knock him out. Worth a go. The rest of the party were going around the corner. Krell was going to try and sneakily go through the door. So I am going to need from you a stealth check. Okay. Uh, 17. You open the door and you are met with a seemingly empty room. Can my detect magic see anything? You would be able to still sense magic, but because you're not directly looking into the room, you can't quite differentiate it because quite a lot of the stuff in this room, some of it is inherently magical. Oh, uh, right, yeah, fair enough. Uh, okay, so just going to scan scan the room more thoroughly? Or just le- stand at the doorway? I think go a little ways in. Um, The second you step in, you hear... A uh, growl. Oh, fuck. And a screech, but you can't see what it is it came from. And as soon as that happens, you also hear something moving. Okay. And you're not quite sure what. I'm going to go for my pistol. At this point, we're going to need to roll everyone to roll initiative. Ooh. <laughs> oh, no. Hey! Crick, uh, what did you get? 15. Awesome. And Junie. Three. <laughs> oh. Uh, Faraday? Ten. Slap. I also rolled a 15, but I'm pretty sure I have a higher dex than Crick. Yeah, yeah you, do. you do. Okay, then Corral. I also rolled a ten, but likewise, I'm pretty sure I have the higher dex. So, Corral. I suppose I'm at the front, so I'll suffer first. You... 19 hits, I'm guessing? Oh, yeah. Um, You feel teeth ow <laughs> and you take six damage okay then almost above you oh you feel something moving along the wall and then you feel the movement of air in front of you and another screech and the combination of the two you're smart enough to put two and two together in that this screech feels maybe bird-like but i can't Ooh. see oh no you can't see any of it Okay. Has anything else happened to me? <laughs> uh, no, and it is now Schlapp's turn. Look, I definitely hear stuff, but can I see any what's attacking Corral? Um, if you look directly at it, you can see one long glowing thing coming along the wall, a large bird-like gr- glowing thing in the air in front of Corral, 
and a vaguely fluffy looking glowing thing near the floor in front of Corel. Huh. You can see it because they are magical, but you they're sort of vague shapes. I think until we can figure out a way to properly see them, I should probably keep this up. That's fair. How far away is the rest of the group from the door? Probably about 20 feet away. And then Corel is like five to 10 feet in. I'll cast this in the whispers on like the biggest thing that's closest to them that I can see, I guess. That would be the vaguely fluffy one on the floor. Okay, um, yeah, so I'm just going to cast that at a first level because mostly I just want to try to move them. So they need to make a wisdom saving throw. That is a 19. Good lord. I rolled 11 in total, so they take five damage, but they don't have to move. Next up is Crick. Yes. Oh, wait, um, I will give a bardic to Crick. What does that do? That means you get to add the d10 to any roll you want once. Okay, so can I see any of these creatures? You can't. I can't. I can only see it because I have detect magic. Right. Schlurp, can you see any of these things? Um, yeah, I tell Crick what I can see. Like there's a big thing and then the fluffy thing on the floor and then another thing, basically. Okay. I'm going to charge for the biggest thing. Wait, how big's the corridor? Because Grell's in the middle of it. Maybe like just over five, five, ten feet wide, and Corel's quite big, so there's not really any getting around Corel. Oh, are there any on that I can get to? Uh, yes, there is a long glowing blob that Schlurp can see that has come along the wall and is just behind where Corel is. I will go for that one then, and I will attack it with my longsword. Seven, so seven plus eight. Uh, that hits. Awesome. Right. Okay. And I'm going to use Divine Smite. I haven't used any spells, so I'm going to use a third level spell slot. I do 27 points of damage. Hefty. Okay, so next we have Corel. So I assume I heard what Schlurp said about where things are. Uh, yes, you did. You're still at disadvantage because you can't see Indeed, them. Indeed, but I- I'm going to use Maxwell to g- give me the help action. Yes, Maxwell can sort of fly in, and when Maxwell flies up to where Schlurp was saying things are, he flies into something. Just balancing it out a little. So mm-hmm. just a straight roll. They are right up on you, so you would also have disadvantage if you used your pistol. Okay, well in that case I'm going to grab my daggers. Alright, so that means I get two attacks. Two-handed. Uh, that's 21. And this is against the thing that bit you or the thing that screeched? Whatever was right in front of me. The thing that bit you. Okay. Uh, 21 hits. Okay. Seven damage for that. And I'm going to take another attack. Natural 20. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Uh, woohoo. That's an extra nine piercing damage. And I'm going to take a, a bonus action to disengage and move into the room and around to the other side so other people can get in. Uh, You disengage and you move through and you can feel these things going past you. Like, they have physical presence. Okay. Um, You just can't see them. They may be invisible, but they're very tangible. Then we have Faraday. Um, Schlurp, tell me where. Um, Yeah, I 
I, t- I tell her it's just like one on the wall, then one on the floor, and then one by Corel. Okay, I'll probably aim for the one that's nearest Corel, and I would like to use Ray of Frost. 19 to hit. Uh, 19 definitely hits. 20 points of cold damage. Ooh, zing. And their speed is reduced by 10 feet. Uh, you hear this thud against and crackle into your invisible adversary. Uh, you hear a screech and then you hear another another thud and like laboured movements against the floor and Schlurp, you would see that the thing that was in the air isn't it's still moving, but it's now on the ground. Okay, okay I tell everyone that. And then as a bonus action, I would like to cast Shield of Faith. Um which will give Junior plus two to AC. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's bad. I admire my, my wife, but I know bad. she is squishy. She's a wizard. She's so squishy. My AC is 12. Oh, <laughs> oh baby. Uh, Junie, it's your go. Woo. I'm going to cast a gravity sinkhole at level six. I also, um, I'm an evocation specialist, so I have a thing called sculpt spells. So I'm going to cast this. It's, it's, how, how big is gravity sinkhole? It is... 20 foot radius so it's 40 foot across but i'm gonna do it i want to basically get all three of the shitty things but i'm gonna sculpt it so it will not hurt corel and crick even though they're in that area (coughs) okay what does gravity sinkhole do and will it fuck up the library building a sphere of crushing force forms at a point i can see and tugs at the creatures there Uh, it doesn't say anything about like pulling at the scenery it's just Mm. people so basically, things that aren't tied down, I think, fly. Each creature in the sphere must make a constitution saving throw. On a failed save, the creature takes, in this case, it would be 70-10 force damage, and are pulled in a straight line towards the center of the sphere. And on a successful save, the creature takes half damage and isn't pulled. Okay, so what was that save again? Constitution. I'm going to say, as you sculpt spell, you can make it so it doesn't affect the surrounding area. It just affects mm. these three things. 40 points of force damage. Oh my god! That's my wife! 7d10. The thing on the floor seems to be sucked up, but it doesn't... Its paws don't leave the ground. It just disintegrates into, like, points of light. Uh, one of them's dead. (laughs) Good. The thing on the wall... You rolled 40, yes? Yeah. Okay, so the thing on the wall is still there, but it looks like it's flickering. And the thing on the floor, uh, the thing that just fell from what Faraday did is also gone. It seems weird. You have seen things die, and you have seen things that were once magical become no longer magical. Like, physical things that were once magical become no longer magical. This doesn't look like either of those. You get the impression that they're gone, but the way in which they are gone and the way in which they have died is different from anything else you have ever seen before, Schlub. They've died, but not like in the normal way. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know, it's really weird. They just kind of poofed into light. Well, there's still one moving. And then you hear in the distance, you hear the sound of running footsteps and you hear a voice going, stop, stop. I'm so sorry. They were just meant to get you to leave. Please. I'm, ah, shit. Turn to see who it is. Yeah. 
You can't quite see them yet because this main chamber is a big room and even at full speed, they can't get to you from wherever they were. Are we still in combat? There's only one thing left and instead of slithering towards anyone, it slithers just along the corridor and up the wall and then just disintegrates into light. Corel's going to start moving towards this voice. Yeah, me too. Same. You all move towards the voice and you are met with Narunu, who... That's the green one, right? The very, very green PA of the Grand Vault Keeper. I knew it! Did you? I don't remember you saying anything. (laughs) No, but I was suspicious when they didn't want us to come back until later on. You kept saying it was ghosts or werewolves. Narunu stops just in front of you going... Uh, none of you are hurt, are you? Not not particularly, no. I think we're all good. I mean, those guys have probably seen better days, but... We're, we're quite keen for an explanation. Oh, shit, I'm so sorry. I'm... Uh, they weren't... They were just meant to, I don't know, deter you, get you to go back to the Vault Keeper and be like, there's angry spirits. We'll deal with them it's fine i'm so sorry i come with me come with me yeah that doesn't sound at all suspicious maybe you can explain it here and now he makes like a whistling clicking sound with the back of his throat and you see coming out of the woodwork um the woodwork and the metalwork all of these sort of little spectral lemurs some of whom seem to be holding books other of whom seem to somehow contain strings of code that are swimming around inside them neat that's so cool this is very cool and then you realize that those specks of light didn't fully disappear but what happens is they sort of accumulate forming more lemurs in the air before the lemurs conglomerate together into a larger lemur, which lands next to Narunu and sort of like nuzzles next to his head. So this larger lemur, you see as it walks past the other lemurs, they sort of semi-absorb into it and then come back out of it. And Narunu looks at you, but leans up to pet this lemur and is just like, this is the spirit of the tree. Okay. Right. I know New Alnu is the first real civilization to set up on Ralva, but things lived here. The tree, being a very big tree, a very old tree, has something more in it than just being a tree. And there were some points when we first set up here where things just seemed to keep going wrong. Like, we were getting lots of malfunctions with the tech. But one night I was working late. That's when we met each other and I realised they were just confused. They didn't really know what was happening. We didn't know they were there. But we struck up a rapport. And the Narunu and the Lima just sort of look at each other. And just with, like, a knowing look. After a while, they set about helping me out around here a little bit and it sort of all came to a crux when I had a meeting with the Grand Vault Keeper about the way we store our information. I set out a proposal for a new library organisational system 
that she refused. Despite the fact that the one we use for some bizarre reason is the outdated Namazir system. So I had the help and the time on my hands, so I've been doing it myself. You've been passive-aggressively updating the book system with the help of spirit lemurs. Well, frankly, he is right. It, the Namazir system is atrociously outdated. All this nerd stuff is kind of beyond me, but what I get from it is this is just something you didn't want your boss to find out about and I'm happy to just leave it. What about you guys? Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to want to get someone in trouble because they wanted to introduce a new organizing system. Perhaps I could pull s some strings with with some significant figures in the c city and the Delve, see about um, putting some pressure on getting this new system put in officially. That would mean a lot. I mean, there are other smaller caches of knowledge in the city. I was hoping to go to one of them and or maybe even up to the jellyfish he says not knowing anything about the lady zenith <laughs> to maybe give it a trial run in a smaller area because whilst i understand the reservations of changing something that has been in place for centuries we new Analu was meant to be a new start for the pluene and the apelta and how about this how about this you put a presentation together i'll set up a a meeting with all the hour and we can see about a trial run in one of our one of the delve archives we've been keeping the net the namazir system is a hold off from the previous system when we were a bit more namazir dominated we really probably could use reorganization there as well that would be an honor i've yes and he goes from being like terrified to being like ooh, what could i do exciting and you can tell he's like cogs are turning so let me get this straight you're a smart kid who wants to update and change the system to things that don't just favor the Namazir, and you want to collect knowledge and information. How much do you know about information brokerage? Because I talked to your boss about potentially setting up a business contact, but I'm thinking you're a better choice. You're not an asshole, which helps. It's a big plus. Uh... Thank you. My boss is, um... Dull. She's dull. She's legitimately terrifying. No, I'm gonna put you in contact with someone terrifying. <laughs> yeah, we know, we, know, we know some pretty terrifying people. Like, she's pretty garden variety. I'm sorry. I know we deal with, with, with crime rules, but now we're actively recruiting people into crime. No, this is some me recruiting someone for me. Okay, okay. Whilst that is an interesting business proposition, I... Want to be the Grand Vault Keeper one day. Okay. Do you want to be the Grand Vault Keeper now? I'm, I'm sorry. Look. What? Wait, what? <laughs> Just saying. The current Grand Vault Keeper is clearly terrified of my mom. Who is your mother? Maybe put that on the back burner before they get a little more experience of administration. Okay, that's fair enough. I mean... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to stop you. I'm just suggesting not right this moment. <laughs> you see, Narunu looks absolutely f terrified at the prospect. And he's like, but I'm not done yet. I'm not ready. No, no, I will no, be. I'll indeed. be very good. And the point is, what we're saying is, this whole thing stops for the moment. So we can say the, pro the promise dealt with. No blame accrues from you. And you're going to get a chance to prove your system and maybe 
a new job if it goes well. That sounds good. Thank you. I still don't know who your mum is. It's not important right now. So the real question is, what story are we going to come up with to tell the Vault Keeper tomorrow? Ghosts. I'm for ghosts. Ghosts. We could just say it was like some kids or something. No, ghosts. 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 And, you know, it has the advantage of having an element of truth in this case. Yeah. Also, can we can we just reflect for a second? I said this was going to be ghosts. And what was it in the end? Tree ghosts. I think it's more spirits. They're more, they're more tree spirits. No, than... no. What is a spirit? It's a ghost. No. no. Narunu looks very annoyed at this. <laughs> She's like, no. Ghosts imply death. This tree is not dead. I agree with this very competent individual. We can't say it's kids because some kid will get blamed for it. If we say it's ghosts, it's an intangible thing. Exactly. And we have a reputation for dealing with strange things. They would tell them there were malevolent spirits or ghosts or whatever. We destroyed them. It's all done. It's all fine now. And I look pointedly at Narunu. So Narunu looks at you and is like, well, I can't exactly go out the front because the security guards will see me. So the way I've actually been doing it is near the office, there's a storage cupboard. I've been sleeping in there. And there's No, 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 no. It's fine. And I make them invisible. Ooh. I um I do have to go and get some things. I will be back. And you hear just sort <laughs> just of disembodied voice. <laughs> you just hear sort of invisible rustling. And this lemur starts walking up to each of you and like sniffing you and being like, hmm, yes, I approve. Jeannie, have you been able to do this the whole time? <laughs> Maybe. I see. That would have been useful. For what? It makes sneaking easier. Corral, next time we meet someone who might be useful, can I go first? I'm trying to like, I need contacts who aren't my mom's. It's really difficult because everybody is loyal to her. It's fucking sucks, honestly. No, that's fair. Though I think since, since this is a whole nerd thing, you'll let me have this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to poach them from you when they're done, though. That's fair. Uh, you hear Narunu bustle back and actually uh, goes up to Junie and is like, I don't really know who you are other than you're part of the space squad. I can tell you if you really want to know. Please, I'm... Also, you made me invisible. This is very strange. I'm her wife, and I point at Faraday, and one day I plan to be one of the most powerful people in the galaxy. That isn't an encouraging way of saying things. People who want large amounts of power are often not great. I know that. I was raised by one, and I don't want to be like her. Okay. I would like to get tea with you at some point. You seem interesting, but I do not trust you. I wouldn't be interested in you if you trusted me. Maybe one day I will endeavour to work with you, but on my terms. And what you can't see is he's looking up at you with a very, like, steely face, but you can't see it, so it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> We're not next to a tea shop or next to a smoothie place. Um, springs and things? I'll see you there sometime. Ooh, springs and things. I've heard of that one. It's next to the arcade. Man, I need to go to this the arcade. The dance machine in the arcade? Incredibly fun. Guys, we need to go to this arcade, and I need to beat you all on the dance machine. Junie, uh, as you're walking, Naruto obviously gets quiet, but then eventually when you're all at the bottom of the tree, Naruto is like, I preferably rather not be invisible when I get home to my husband. So, um... I snap my fingers at him and he's visible again. 
Thank you. But yes, I will come by Springs and Things and maybe we could head to the arcade or something or yes, smoothies. Yes. And we'll we'll and we'll set things up for your trial scheme. Yes, I will be in contact Corel and uh Junie. Yes? Yeah, Junie. Junie presenteth Lewis. Ah. <laughs> How long do you reckon you'll be on planet? I don't know. Maybe a week or so. Depends on um, information coming in. And you know, I don't know about you guys, but I could really go for that like relief concert. Luella fucking slaps. Who? Hey, it's Paige Dolby Evans, your game master, host, and resident dog person. I just wanted to say that the Junket podcast wouldn't be possible without the talents of the lovely people behind the characters. That's my wife Leonie as Dr. Faraday Zenith Lewis, Duncan as Corel, Elle as Captain Mitchell Crick, Shona as Schlurp, and Jess as Lorelei Widewanderer. Our show is powered by a modified version of Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. To learn about the custom rulings, mechanics, and aliens that make our game possible, you can visit our website, thejunkitpodcast.com, or just ask us on Twitter at thejunkitpod. Lastly, if you're both willing and able, you could support the show over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thejunkitpodcast. That's all from me. See you in a fortnight.